0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Great to have you. You may be seated. Thanks for leading us, band. I can't wait to the carols, singing... During this Christmas season, who loves the carols? Coming back, worshipping together as a church family. If you're new with us, welcome. My name is Miles. I'm the executive pastor. Get the great honour to serve this church, love this church. And we have a great future together. And I'm glad you're here. And I just am praying and believing that God would minister to you today. uh, That you would just get reinvigorated in your faith and your future And what God wants to do in your life as we start this brand new series called The Gift. The Gift. This is telling the Christmas story from the perspective of the wise men. So we're going on a journey of four weeks just learning uh, about this journey. And we're gonna move from wandering to wandering. Move from wandering. they, They wandered around 800 miles searching for the Messiah. When they found him, they fell down on their knees in wonder. That's our goal. that this series, as we learn scripture and we understand teaching, we're getting a bit deep in the theology, but it's going to open our hearts and our minds that ultimately the goal of this series is we wander in more, more than ever before in awe of our Saviour. That's the goal, that we walk away out of this series with a greater wonder, a a greater awe, a greater appreciation um, of our God. So if you're in a greater awe today, you've accomplished the season, uh, the the, the, the goal of this season in week one. Um, But we wanna build upon uh, this series and and lead us all in that direction. Let's jump in Matthew 2, verse one. Are we ready? After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We, we saw His star when it rose and have come to worship Him. The Magi were highly educated men. They included teachers, physicians, astrologers, interpretation of dreams. They even studied Hebrew Scripture. They were more than just studying the stars or stargazers. They would actually seek knowledge to discover the meaning of life. They believed that science and knowledge would lead them to God, which it did. And I love how science and knowledge can lead us to a greater appreciation and understanding of God. Some believe that that they were Jews, these magi, they were taken by Nebuchadnezzar when he overthrew Jerusalem some 600 years earlier and took the best and the brightest back to Babylon some believe they were from that heritage and they were always looking for the Messiah based on the scriptures they came from the east maybe Persia or Babylon it was like 800 miles it's a long long journey that they took so imagine you're, you're a Magi right you're hanging out with the other Magi, it's kind of a Friday afternoon, uh, have a couple of beers, look at the stars, and then, and then you go home to your wife and says, honey, listen babe, I've been with the boys, you know, with, with, with that stargazing group that I've been in now for a while, I know you think it's a cult, but we think there's something to it, and, and listen, Jimmy reckons that, that the Messiah is coming. She's like, who's Jimmy? Oh, he's one of the boys, you know. And, 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 and well, ha- how do you know that? Well, well, Frank saw this star. You know, he's kind of got this glass thing that he looks, I haven't seen it, but Frank says it's there and we think we should follow it. And she's like, well, well where to? And, and like, well, we're not really sure, but Kenny reckons it's going to be in, in Jerusalem. She says, that's a whole nother country. You know, how, how long is that going to take? Well, look, we, we don't know. We don't know how long, or, but we but we think there's something to it. We, we we think this could be the meaning of life that you know we've been looking for with this group that we've been hanging out with on Friday halves. And 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 she says to me, well, "Well, when are you leaving?" And he says, "I, I think we're going to pull up stumps tonight. We're going, we're getting the camels. We're out of here." She says, "No, you can't go. We're, Jet's got a dentist appointment on Monday. We've been waiting for that orthodontist opening for months." And and then the plumbers coming Wednesday, and I got a hair appointment Thursday. Who knows? You cannot cancel a hair appointment. You can cancel a doctor's visit. You, you, you can you can cancel an exam at, at, at uni. You just get another date. You you can skip church, right? That, that's all legit. That's okay. But you cannot miss a hair appointment. They're written in stone. So I got that hair appointment. So this is like put yourself into the shoes of these magi this is a big decision that they're heading on this journey Just like the magi we should have an attitude to be on a journey to know Christ more. It should never end. even if we've been saved years and years we should continue to seek to hunger to pursue the things of God. we should never just sit back and think we've know it all, think we're done, We're on a journey. It starts when we accept Christ as our Lord and Saviour, but it doesn't end. And and I want us to be on a journey as a church, more of God's power, come on, more of God's presence, uh, more more of God in our lives, more more holiness, more pursuit of Him, more hunger for the things of God, seeing God move in our Sundays and our services, uh, people getting saved. We we wanna have this attitude like the Magi will give up I know this is pushing it. I know I might lose half of you here. I'm setting the bar so high. We, we would give up a hair appointment for Jesus Christ, right? We, we, we would do whatever whatever it takes. We will do whatever it takes. Chin's fine with that. He hasn't had a hair appointment for 20 years. And Dave's the same. Uh, the, 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 so the Magi, they were wandering, walking after the king which ultimately led them to bow down and worship the Saviour. They went from wandering, walking, to wandering, worshipping. And that's what this series is going to do for us. Matthew 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Upon coming to the house, they saw a child with his mother Mary. I don't want to ruin your Christmas, but there weren't three of them. And it doesn't even say a stable here. (laughs) It says a house. Commentaries say it was probably two years old, 18 months to two years old, Jesus. And they came to Mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. The scripture is clear they bowed down and worshipped him. And that's our response during this Christmas as we bow down. And worship him, not just physically, but we bow down in our hearts, we bow down with a fresh honor, holy God of the universe. We bow down in awe and worship him. They opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh. These gifts were significant. And we're going to study these gifts because the series is called the gift over these next three weeks uh, when we had Abby um, my daughter she's twenty three now uh, we actually I don't know what they paid today but we got 10k from the government when uh, that's how old I am I'm a boomer they, they needed more more people in us, so the, there were these great uh, deals going out and the government literally gave us ten thousand dollars I thought I could make a career out of this that this is this, this, this we could do this so we Ended up having five kids. The problem was um, four of them were born in the States, in the USA, when we lived over there. And in the States, they don't give you money for kids. They take your money when you have kids. And it cost me 10 grand per kid uh, to, to, to have them in the States. Uh, but this whole present purchasing season, very pressure very intense I want to go through some types of presents and gifts that we give maybe you can relate to them that there is when you're a parent there is the quiet gift when you buy your child a toy that's silent and then the grandparents ruin it when they give your kid that popper, you know the popper that you push it and it rolls and it pops the balls and makes so much noise, and the kids make noise all day all night with the popper, and, and we, we, we want quiet gifts, grandparents, uh, this Christmas. Or, or maybe I'll make you smarter gift. I'll make you smarter gift." That's when parents buy their kids books boring right they 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 just or or trivial pursuit to play you know or 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 they'll uh, play Beethoven for their baby when they sleep so it can be smarter there's the making you smarter gift or maybe there is the save me buying later gift save me buying later gift you know what that is parents you buy underwear and socks for your children on birthdays and Christmas so it saves you buying those items later. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Who knows what I mean by that? What, what about the gift for both of us? Gift for both. It's when you buy something you can both enjoy. You, you, you buy a gift card to dinner so you can both have it, right? You buy a picnic set so you can both enjoy it. Well, what, what about something I want gift? This may not be Christian gift. This may, may be not for Christians, but sometimes we can fall into the flesh. Something I want gift. That's when you buy your wife tickets to the cricket and she hates the cricket, right? <laughs> There's the re-wrapped gift. Come on, let's be honest in church. You've had a gift, you hate it, you re-wrap it and give it away. Anybody? The re-wrapped gift gift. Um, what, what, what about send a subtle message gift? Send a subtle message gift? You, you buy your husband a car wash kit. You buy your wife a vacuum cleaner. The, be very careful with the sender message. What about the hidden message gift? I'll finish on this one. The hidden message gift. It's when you buy some lingerie. Hidden message. You know what I mean? Come on, darling. Anyway, we'll move on. Okay, so these these magi, they were given gifts. Um, They were not only valuable, they were practical, but they were deeply spiritual. These gifts were purposeful. They weren't by chance. There was a prophetic meaning. In fact, all Bible scholars agree. These gifts were not only useful for this family, but they foreshadowed some images of who Jesus is these were deep powerful gifts gold represents the kingship of Jesus Myrrh represents the suffering servant frankincense represents Jesus as the high priest let's look at frankincense today now if you're new to church I'm just going to go a little deeper a little more theology, a bit more teaching to give us a greater appreciation so we can worship our King. So frankincense was used by the priests to burn as incense in the temple. It was a highly valuable tree resin and it gave off this sweet, powerful aroma. Now the Bible's broken into the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's also the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And in the Old Covenant, there would be the high priest. They would come from one of the tribes of Israel and and they were chosen to go before God to make sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins and to pray prayers representing the people. Now this all comes back to the Garden of Eden where there were two forces that opposed each other, good and evil or holiness and sin and Satan deceived man, he sinned, sin entered the world, there was a separation that occurred. Now that's a problem, because God created mankind to walk with them, to do life, to fellowship, to have relationship. Suddenly sin enters, now there's this divide. So in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, God used priests to reconcile. to to cover that gap, to to cover the sin so God could lead His people. And Hebrews 7, 9 says, only the high priest ever entered the most holy place. The most holy place was found in the temple. There's a specific uh, building that, that was constructed where the high priest could cover people's sins and only happened once a year. This is uh, uh, the Day of Atonement, or your capon. It, it, was, it, was um, it was a time uh, once a year, it was a Jewish holiday, that they still recognise today, the, the Day of Atonement. And the high priest would go in, in the Old Testament. And verse 9 says, And he always offered blood for his own sins first, And for the sins of the people they had committed in ignorance. Now, we don't like talking about this word sin. But the reality is, it's an important word. And we can't shy away from it. Because it's kind of the point (laughs) of, of Christianity. That we sin, we're all sinners, we're born with sin. And we need something or someone to cover that sin. And in the Old Testament, it was the high priest And it's funny, this word sin, you know, it's so unpopular in culture today. And and it's almost like it's a swear word. You know, if you say it, you're a bigot, you're terrible. The the reality is it's an issue that we need to deal with, that everybody has to confront the sin in their life at some point. And actually, Jesus is the only one who can forgive that sin, we discover, because He is our high priest. But sin is an important word to, to wrestle with, to digest, to understand, and to focus on, as a church even, that we wouldn't shy away from the truth of Scripture and Gospel, even though it's unpopular and doesn't sound very nice. Sin is real. Um, Sin separates us. Uh, Even though we're saved, sin can be that gap that that kind of builds that um, distance between Um, us and God so we need to understand that Jesus we'll talk about this later is our high priest who forgives us who covers us and that allows us to come boldly into the presence of God and keep that relationship with him so let's go back to the Old Testament to the high priest this was a very uh, important ritual in the day of atonement and it would start with the high priest would take a bath he'd put on white linen robe which symbolised repentance. So the high priest, he would start by getting his own life in order. He would make a sin offering for himself and then the other priests using a young bull. Next, they would enter the Holy of Holies. This is a special part of the temple. And they would enter it with glowing coals from the altar of incense. Now, these coals would, would fill the air with this smoky cloud of, of incense and included frankincense. So this sap from the tree was very um, needed in the process of the priest sacrificing. And that's where we get the, 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 the frankincense, that first gift that we're talking about today. And this incense, frankincense, was also burned every morning. And every evening throughout the whole year in the temple. Then the high priest on this certain day would sprinkle blood of the bull on the mercy seat and on the floor before the Ark of the Covenant. In the Ark was the Ten Commandments, also some manna and Aaron's rod that budded. And then would cast lots between two live goats. And one was killed as a sin offering for the whole nation. The second one, was placed, uh, he'd place his hands on it. He'd pray a special prayer over it and confess the sins of the nation over this live goat. And then he would give to an appointed person who would carry this goat outside of camp and release it into the wilderness. That's where we get the word scapegoat. And they would carry... Uh, symbolically the sins of the people. Next, the high priest would take a bath again, redress in his official garment, and he would take the fat of the sin offering and present a burnt offering for himself and the people. The remaining flesh of the young bull would then be burnt outside of camp. That's a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of effort. Imagine going through that process. Aren't we glad we don't live in the Old Covenant in the Old Testament? And so you might think that getting ready for Christmas, bringing out the tree, uh, cleaning your, your house is, is a lot of work. There was a lot of work in sacrificing in the Old Testament through the high priest. That was the way for the people's sins of Israel to be covered. So, so why, why does this happen? Here's the point. God is just, God is holy. God has to punish sin, but He is also merciful. So so He's a just, a holy God, yet He's also a loving and a merciful God. They're not separate, they're one. He's holy, He's just, He's merciful, He's gracious. So these sacrifices would satisfy God's justice and also extend mercy. So the sacrifices of the animals would, would sort of kill bird, two, two, two birds with one stone. It would cover the sins, but it would also extend mercy so the people would have their sins forgiven. Because we all have a debt, it's called sin, that word we don't like to talk about, that we need someone to pay. So the old covenant was a temporary cover of our sins through the sacrifice of animals. Then Jesus came, come on, here we go. The new covenant was established. There was a permanent cover of our sins through Jesus Christ who became not only the high priest, he also became the Lamb of God. He was the one who was authorized to do the sacrifice and he was the one who was sacrificed it's quite deep i get it but it's powerful and it's the foundation of our faith we need to understand that it all revolves around jesus extending mercy but also providing our forgiveness through the sacrifice let's dig a bit deeper in hebrews 10:10 For God's will was for all of us to be made, what? To be made holy. It's His plan, His purpose, to be made holy. The problem is we're not holy. We're born with sin, remember? By the what? By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Isn't that good news for us today? That Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of His body, Sacrifice forgives our sins once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offerings—sorry, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. They're recovering verse twelve. But the high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins for. All time. Our high priest is Jesus Christ. So then, since we have a high, the great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. That's why we speak that name. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ourselves understands our weakness. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Not only was Jesus the high priest, perfect in every way, but he also faced every challenge that we faced. So whatever you're going through today, Jesus understands. Whatever you're going through, if you're going through loneliness Jesus understands. He's our high priest, not only covers our sins, but He understands who we are and where we're at. Uh, Maybe you're going through grief today. He understands. Uh, Maybe you're depressed today. He understands. Maybe you're frustrated today. He understands. He doesn't just understand, but He gives you a hope for a future, that He's capable and able to deliver you of whatever you're facing because when sin entered the world it became broken and and the world is messed up man it's it's, it's it's a joke the pain and suffering out there but Jesus came to give us a hope that in him we can be delivered uh, our prayers can be answered he, he's more powerful Jesus knows what it's like to suffer he was conceived out of wedlock. He was raised in a small dinky town, ridiculed by the family, rejected by society, lived in poverty, bullied, tempted, betrayed, and finally murdered. And when Jesus became our high priest, he became sin that actually separated him from his father. He knows what you're going through today, he knows your challenges, he knows what you're facing, and he's our high priest. He's our high priest that we can call upon. He's our high priest that's available for us. He's our high priest we can go to whenever we want, every day, all day. He is your personal high priest. In Israel, there was one high priest and you sort of couldn't get to that high priest. But our high priest is Jesus and He's personal. Whatever you feel, He feels. Whatever you suffer, he suffered. Whatever you feel rejected, He was rejected. Whenever you experience loss, He's experienced loss. When you feel far from God, Jesus experienced it. Ephesians 4.16. So let us come what? Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Jesus. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Let us come boldly. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There's no shame with our high priest. You can come boldly today into his presence. And what will happen when we do that? There we will receive His mercy. They will find His grace to help us when we need it most. This gift of frankincense reminds us Jesus is our high priest. He's our high priest. Understanding Jesus' sufferings means He can relate to your suffering. You're not alone. Understanding His sacrifice helps us walk that we're forgiven. No more shame, no more guilt. Understanding His victory helps us to live in victory. I want us to stand and sing, Speak Jesus. As we sing today, Ellie, put that verse back up, Hebrews four sixteen. I want us to come boldly into his throne. What's his throne? It's his presence. He's here today. I want you to step boldly into his presence where you will find his mercy. You'll find grace to what? To, to, to help us. To help us when we need it most. We need your grace today. We can't do this life without you. You are our high priest. We need you more than ever before. Let's worship.